Hello, and welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Kalia. And I'm your host, Adicia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. We are in Streisand September, baby. Another iconic woman. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and we are doing Funny Girl, which is not to be confused with Funny Face, the Audrey Hepburn movie we did earlier this year. Do you have any, like, history with this movie? Um, with this movie? Nope. (laughs) I mean, except for the song Don't Rain on My Parade, which is like... Of course. Like, you can't... You cannot be in musical theater and have somehow escaped hearing that song or seeing someone perform it. But, no, I hadn't actually like watched this movie so it was a it was a new time for me uh how about you i also have like zero history with this movie just (laughs) the song um the first time i heard the song was in that same movie that had the two women dressed up as drag queens singing live when they did like we've (laughs) mentioned this movie before in uh, (laughs) the evita episode and that's where I heard Don't Rain on My Parade for the first time. Um, but I, I've since heard it on, like, Glee, and I've heard other people sing it. <laughs> that's uh, most of what I know of the movie. I also had two of the songs in, I have, present tense, two of the songs in my musical theater playlist of, like, just songs or whatever. I didn't realize that I did until, like, a couple days ago when I heard... Um, I'm the greatest star and I was like wait that last bit sounds like the bit from um, don't rain on my parade what the heck but yeah (laughs) that is my history of it this movie is well is it autobiographical I mean like it's well no auto would imply that she wrote it and she didn't so it's a biography (laughs) of um, an actual person Fanny Bryce who is in the movie played by Barbara Streisand. It was produced by the actual Bryce's son-in-law, so it was still kind of like in the family kind of a thing. Right. As for Fanny Bryce, the person, don't know much about her as a whole, but this takes place about 13 years after, well, the first show of it took place about 13 years after she died in 1964. And then this movie got made in 1968. And Barbara Streisand, I believe, won an Oscar for this? Yes, she did. So we open... Well, there's a really long overture. (laughs) And I was watching it on Netflix, and I was like, why is it it playing in darkness? What is this? Uh, Oh my god, same. (laughs) Basically, right? Because the flat that I'm in right now, like, it has a TV... And so I was like, yeah, I'll use the TV. But, like, I don't want to log onto my Netflix on the TV. So I was just um, sharing my screen from my phone. And then I was like, is my phone broken? Why is the <laughs> screen black? And I had, like, and I skipped forward a bit. And I was like, oh, okay, no, there's image later. Okay, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, so if you do decide to watch this movie afterwards, after we tell you everything that happens in it, um, don't be alarmed by the fact that there is nothing for the first like two minutes. It's and just a black screen. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I really, honestly, 
watching the older films, I wish they would bring back movie intermissions because sometimes these movies be too long. They <laughs> and I need are. a break. I need a break in between. We open with Fanny. She is uh, in the. I don't know what it's what the what the establishment is called that she performs in, but it's um it's where the Ziegfeld Follies. Uh, the show that she's in is held and we just see her in like this leopard print coat walking in um she stops by a mirror and uh the first thing she says is for the first time and she looks yeah dropped out gorgeous like i like i was just like enamored it's wow yeah i mean i just a lot of the looks in this movie, like her hair, like every single time, like yes. I saw the 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 wigs, just yes. wig, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, wig, oh my god, wig, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, her hair, every every hairstyle she has is a moment in this movie and I love everything about it off track movie just started so um she it's it's before the show begins um and she's in the theater she just seems to be walking around taking in the space we don't know why she seems a bit melancholy at first but later on we realize um everything that we're about to see is a flashback leading up to this moment where she is actually um, waiting for her husband to get out of prison. (laughs) And we find out why later. Um, But she's just sitting in the seats of the theater because apparently it's the one seat that she's never sat in in that theater. And her assistant comes and tells her that Mr. Ziegfeld is um, wants to see her when when she's ready, and she reflects on the idea that uh, the showrunner is the one waiting for her now, um, and she sings. Um, well, no, she doesn't sing anything. <laughs> I, I conflate the beginning and the ending so quickly, um, but. We enter the flashback, and it is her and like some of her mother's friends and her mother uh, in her mother's saloon because she's reflecting on a word that one of them, Mrs. Strakosh, said about her being a kind of plain-faced uh, girl, and she doesn't have like the same qualities that embody the people that are on stage in the kind of shows that she wants to be in right. and uh, they sing a little song if a girl isn't pretty yeah it's mostly sung talk but yes they do sing <laughs> <laughs> um, if a girl isn't pretty where they're basically like yeah you will not make it in showbiz kid you're ugly well they don't say you're ugly but you know implications were made it, it's sort of just like the the notion that she's not pretty like never outright saying she's 
she's like ugly or anything, but just like implying yeah. that, well, you're not as beautiful as you know. Mm-hmm. And you can see that, you can see that it's a it's a small part in the beginning, but you imagine that that's something that's been said to her consistently over the her years because life. you see, you see how it affects her throughout the entire movie, where she just. Mm-hmm completely does not envision herself as being beautiful at all to the point of making fun of herself ahead of time so that people will laugh with her with making her. the jokes yeah rather than at her and i just every time it came up i just felt so bad because <laughs> i was just like yeah. you but but you but you are pretty but you are <laughs> Yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> like it's another uh, like little moment like with funny face where they're like you're not pretty and you're like but like <laughs> she is though. <laughs> like I know within the context of the movie we're not meant to find her that much more attractive than like the average woman or whatever but like mm-hmm. she kind of is. After that scene we cut to I think she's meant to be like a, a teenager, late teenager around this time because we go through a really long period of time over her life leading up to this moment. I don't know how many years it actually is. On the but... Wikipedia, it says like it's like pre World War One and then post World War One. So so World War One started in 1914, and Fanny Bryce. Um, was born in when was she born 1891 wait am i doing that math correctly she would have been past (laughs) teenage years i'm like no she wouldn't have been a teenager then if if that if if that was occurring i mean it says it says pre and then it says post so it could be like the span of fair 10 years maybe we're we're getting too deep into something that is completely <laughs> non-essential to them. Like it's movie. super irrelevant. Like it's totally they don't. No one goes to war in the movie. It's not even mentioned. Um, yeah. She is uh, performing. She's trying to uh, audition for this show. Uh, this I don't know what kind of vaudevillian thing it's meant to be, but she is uh, replacing one of the girls. I think. And she's trying to audition for a Mr. Keeney, who is, I'm guessing, running it. Um, I think her friend Eddie got her the the audition to begin with. Um, mm. But she's fired. On, right? I think so, yeah. But she's fired before she even really starts. Um, she does not match the steps of the girls at all, which I don't know if like how long they had to practice where they're all right. just that good and, <laughs> and she just had to pick it up immediately which is a hard thing to do in general she gets kind of fired um, and she tries to explain her way in like she is is um, she's a comedian she can she can do anything like if you just give her a chance um, and she sings the song I'm the greatest star I really enjoy her, um, I don't know, I enjoy her, (laughs) um, (laughs) 
And there's a moment where I stop enjoying her for a little bit. But up until that moment, she's such a it's such a great time just watching her be funny. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and that's like part like this song, too. Just like a lot of she's just got such great comedic timing. Anyway, <laughs> um, and this is the song that like somewhere towards the end, she has the da, 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 da. For the first time and I was like oh, I did not know that part was a reprise <laughs> but it's kind of interesting because I think I think that bit is meant to be more reflective of what she wants in the moment um, mm. because in that song she's singing about being on stage but then she gets that um, but then later on it's a song about which I didn't notice it's a song about um, her pursuing love a man I fully did not know this either i was like i because in my head i envisioned like as i was watching this was like okay when this song comes up it's gonna be after someone's told her no and she's gonna be like Uh listen though i am such a great performer and she's gonna like do the thing and then like when it does come up i'm like oh that's (laughs) different so after that uh, she ends up uh, coming back onto the stage uh, she finishes off that song to no one really except for Eddie um, who's like you why did you audition for the chorus you're not a chorus girl you're a comedian do the thing you're good at she's just at this point desperate to be on the stage because as we all know you have to start you have to get an in somewhere and until you can get an in, you're not going to be able to do the thing that you're potentially the best at. So Eddie tells her that there is a new bit in the show that he plans to put in without telling Kini. Um, and she'll be a part of it if she can roller skate. And so she's like, can I roller skate? Spoiler, she cannot. At least not in a group. Because when she's on her own, she can kind of. Yeah. I <laughs> questions about that because... As the whole thing is happening, so it's, like, really funny, whatever. She's, like, falling everywhere, and, like, during the show, and the audience is having a laugh because, like, it's, you know, funny when a performer can't do the thing that they're meant to be doing on stage. I mean, it's not. As a performer, it's, like, (laughs) nerve-wracking, and, like, I wanted to chuck my phone out the window, but, um, like, she's, like, struggling, and then, like, so after she's done the, that number's done and she's like ruined it for everyone else on stage um she gets pushed back on stage by Eddie and he's like do the thing do something you're amazing and people love you go out and do something and so she goes out and sings a song um I'd rather be blue I would be over blue you. I'd rather I'd rather be blue over you which I think is a song that Fanny Bryce actually sang once before I don't know um, but yeah, so she sings that and people are like, oh my God, it's amazing. And as she's doing that, she's like roller skating. Like she's been doing it since she was born. And I'm like, girl, why didn't you do that in the routine instead of flopping around? <laughs> I'd rather be blue thinking of you. I'd rather be blue. Although when she was singing that, all I could think about was what's the use of feeling blue? 
but literally just that bit because no other part of it works. Max, um, matches, yeah. After the show, um, Fanny goes backstage. Um, she's apologizing uh, to the other girls who don't believe her for a second because she basically stole the show um, mm-hmm. f- from them. And she's like, no, I'm really sorry, but, you know, I, I plan to go somewhere. And one day I'm going to be a, a Zigfield girl. And they're like, oh, yeah, right. And she says, one day there's going to be a knock at the door. And the door knocks. And it's like, yeah, out there's going to be Zigfield. Out there's a gorgeous man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who, is, who is Omar Sharif. But um, in this movie is uh, Nick Arnstein. Um, who... This man. <laughs> this man. I have man. a question. Does it pause yes. when she does that? It, it's yes, like, it does. Like the screen. Okay, yeah. great. Because again, this is another <laughs> thing where I was like, I think my phone is glitching it, out on me right now. No, they they do that in the movie a couple times, where it's just like it's it's like an overlay. It's like they yeah. just pause it so you can like visualize that she's like thinking about it I'm like yeah no just just have her sing it we, we understand yeah. we it's understand a musical. that it's a musical we will, we will <laughs> into the idea that she's gonna be singing like it's fine like they they tried i sometimes they tried to make it so it was like it was the singing happened on stage but then it's like no it doesn't because we've seen her singing Unless we're meant to believe that she just sings in real life, like you can, you can just overlay it. We get, we we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, no, it did pause, um, and we meet Nick Arnstein, who ends up haggling for her to get a better price for um, the job that Kimi offers her um, to to work in the show. And he tries to get her to go to dinner with him, but she declines because she's meeting a gang of people at her mother's saloon. Um, also, I think personally that she just didn't have anything nice to wear, <laughs> and they were sure. going to like this fancy restaurant. Like that's what I think. Uh, they were going yeah. to like, this I mean, fancy he had, like, restaurant. A fancy like ruffled shirt. Yeah. And, like, the people the he girls, was with were very like gorgeous yeah. humans as well. So Fanny works there now. Um, the next shot that we see is her talking to Eddie. They're they're walking down the street. They're having a time. A telegram comes to her mother's saloon for her. Oh wait, this and is like is... six months later or something, right? Yeah. Cause like yeah, but if, she mentioned she like says that in passing like I've been doing this for six months I need something new, which like I appreciate. <laughs> it's like tell me, <laughs> tell me how time passes in your film. My God, that is something I'm sorely lacking in so many of these modern movies. <laughs> Just like a clear <laughs> indicator of the passage of time. <laughs> okay. But yes, a telegram arrives, everyone's excited, like the entire street. Fanny seeing the commotion outside the saloon, because apparently telegrams only arrive when someone dies. Um, seeing the commotion, runs in and asks if it's like one of her aunts 
that dies and she's like no said it's Mr. Zigfield and Fanny's confused like did he die why are we getting a telegram about him (laughs) but she she (laughs) Fanny starts reading the letter and her mother is quoting it from memory I feel like she must have read that at least 20 times because she has it committed to memory as Fanny is reading it but it's basically an invitation to um come work at the show I don't, I forgot <laughs> I just remembered yeah. the line that she said I was just like verbatim uh it's like like I got it memorized like the pledge of allegiance <laughs> <laughs> I just love this so much uh she has such a nice mother <laughs> in this movie yeah I like her but we get to see uh Fanny auditioning for well I don't know if it's auditioning uh, but she's performing secondhand roles for Florence Ziegfeld and his crew yeah and when she's done um, they're like very lovely your voice is great. Um, you're going to be singing this song in Act 1 and you're going to be in the finale. <laughs> and she is so happy and she's just like, whatever you say, uh, Mr. Zigfield. Uh, and she goes off to learn the music, which I don't know how fast people learned music back then, but I feel like <laughs> it would take a minute. Um Maybe that's just yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, I think it was mostly to just, like, get her to learn it, start learning it. Not, yeah. like, to have it committed to memory or anything. She goes off in the back, and you can see them setting up to uh, do a different scene. Um, while Siegfeld goes up into the the upper rafters to look th- look at the show from up there um she's looking through the sc- the the music and she comes back it's like <laughs> but mr Ziegfeld, <laughs> i don't want to be in the finale just announces it this is it. where i didn't like her by the way this is <laughs> like this section just it's yeah. literally probably the scene only and I understand why the scene happens. I get it. Because it's mm-hmm. properly explained again later. However, oh my god. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? And like, <laughs> you are working on a show. You are, you don't have the time to be like babying everybody. And you're mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm going to put you in the finale. I think you're talented enough to have a number earlier and then again at the end. That's great. And then the person comes back and they're like, mm, actually, I'd like to opt out. Like, honestly, <laughs> doesn't vibe with me, you know. Um, not sure if, like, I, maybe I could do something else. Just, like, like not this. I just, ah! it, Like, it reminded me of... Um, Rachel in Glee. I don't watch Glee that much, but like that's I feel like of all the things that Rachel had learnt 
from this movie, that was the only thing that she (laughs) was like, okay, this is my whole personality forever. You know, and like whilst um, Fanny's like attitude sort of stems from something much like something like really vulnerable, which is why she's kind of like whatever. But like and Rachel is just like annoying and she's like, I'm a star. But like, yeah, I just, oh my God. And she's like, um, actually, no, no. Can you come back here? Like, I just need to renegotiate. And I was like, no, (laughs) we don't have time for this. (laughs) I think I was literally, when, when that was happening, I was like, my girl, you can't. Like, this is your shot. You can't do this. It's like, and because I hadn't, I hadn't seen this movie, I had no idea where it was going. So I was just like, right. we are still so early in this film. What is happening? And she had but, just said, too, like, early, when she yeah. got the telegraph, like, I need to struggle first. Like, this has just come too easy. Da, da, da. And I'm like, so you're going to make it hard for yourself? <laughs> Excuse? Getting into a, a proper conversation with, Zigbell reveals that the reason that um, Franny doesn't want to Franny Fanny doesn't want to <laughs> sing the word um, the song is not because the words are too big or whatever silly reason she gave was because that she doesn't find herself to be beautiful and her singing those words as if she are as, as if she was the the thing that was being envisioned when it was written is gonna make her a laughing stock on stage um which is unfortunate yeah um yeah but it sucks that she you know got to that point where she's like no if i even utter the word beautiful in reference to myself the whole crowd will laugh then the show happens. Um, right? Yeah, then the show happens. And this number um, kind of reminded me of um, the Grease 2 um, talent show. Oh, okay. Where, like, my mind went to... My mind went to a different place, but continue. <laughs> yeah, just because, like, this girl... The, they're brides of all seasons or whatever, and theirs was, like, a girl for all seasons type of thing. Um, yeah, that, and that, also that, it's like a very like big ish number with all these girls and everything. I don't know, like immediately that's where my brain went. Yeah. Where did you go? Yeah, no, um, my mind went to the producers when it's when they're doing springtime oh, and right. all of the girls are coming down and with the because I think that's the first time I'd seen something like like, like that, which is probably yeah. Which is probably like, um, it's probably key to those kinds of shows, which should probably maybe watch Follies at some point. Yeah, I'd be down. Um, they come out. All of the girls come out. All of them are beautiful. Um, the the song is "His Love Makes Me Beautiful." Um, that they're singing. Uh, and. It comes down to, to Fanny's bit. And she's coming down. She's hidden by some of the girls. So you only see like the top half of her. 
by the time she gets down, it's like an illusion at first because she looks wonderful and then she turns to the side and she has this pregnancy bump suddenly. (laughs) And Ziegfeld's horrified. Um, Her mother is shocked. Eddie is laughing his ass off as well as Miss Strykosh. Um, And so else is the majority of the crowd. Um, But Ziegfeld, Florence is livid. He's up out of his chair. He's coming down um, as she is performing. Um, And she's... I don't know how serious it was meant to be, but I love that all all of the actors on stage just cracking up as she's doing it. Like, I'm like, if something like that happened in real life on stage, I don't think I would be able to keep it together relatively. So that spoke very real volumes (laughs) to me. I was just like, no, there would be no way. And when she's dancing with one of the guys and he doesn't expect it, so he spins her around and suddenly there's a bump in the way and he's like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, the, whole, the whole scene yeah. is wonderful. I mean, to be fair, as a performer, I, I don't know how I'd feel. I think I'd get anxious because I wouldn't know what to do with that. I'd be like, oh, uh-huh. things have changed. I have not prepared for this change. And I will now leave the stage. Thank you. Goodbye. So the performance ends and all of the actresses are just clamoring around Fanny. Just like, oh my God, when did you come up with this? How does... It was hilarious. Um, But Ziegfeld is right there in the wings (laughs) waiting for her. Um, She tries to run away, but I'm just like, where do you think you're going to go? Like, I don't know what you expect to happen they go they have a conversation meanwhile as they're going through the backstage area everyone's congratulating them on how funny it was it was a great show like all it was so good Uh, and Ziegfeld and Fanny have the conversation where Ziegfeld is he's fairly reasonable in his reaction to sure. what happened yeah I will say it's it's not overblown it's not overdramatic a lot of this movie for it being like comedic and like just a kind of a slice of a person's life a lot of it spoke pretty real mm-hmm. to me I don't know if that was just an impression that I have but they they come to the conclusion that Fanny will continue to do the show exactly as she did it that day because it's it was I think it was the premiere of the show so they can't change it now one and two um, they it, it seemed to sell well with the crowd even though he's probably not necessarily a comedy person he can recognize that there is something about what she did, what she does yeah. that encourages people to to have to enjoy themselves. And he can't fault that. So she has to do it in the exact same way that she did it for perpetuum. Um although I love I loved um 
in the middle where one of the girls opened the door and he's like, has he fired you yet? <laughs> has he fired you? And uh, he's just like, not yet. And she's like, oh, it closes the door. <laughs> oh, God. But beyond the door once more is Arnstein. Uh, he is... He, he always appears, I swear to God. But this fool is um, still pursuing Fanny. I call him a fool specifically for what happens um, later, near near to the end. Yeah. But this fool, this man, anyway. Um, but he's still pursuing Fanny. He still seems interested in her. He asks her out again. Um, but she declines once again with the same reason that there's going to be again also um during her getting chewed up by Ziegfeld her mother and Eddie and Mrs. Strakosh did come in and I think that as well softened him a bit um but beside the point she's going to meet a group of people at her mother's saloon because they're throwing a party for her and she half-heartedly invites him and he just agrees to go because because he's Arnstein I guess um and she's shocked that he would want to come to Hadley Street because it's not a place for a ruffled shirt to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he agrees to go and they have a lovely time. They dance. He gambles. She finds out that he gambles. <laughs> I bring up the fact that he gambles because that's all he does in this movie. Um, um, the mom ha- makes a comment of like, he seems too at home in this environment yeah basically and she's like no he's just being a gentleman and the mom's like no if he were a gentleman like he'd be a little like apprehensive basically to like everything that's going on here so fishy fanny and arnstein what is his first name i keep calling him arnstein he has a first name nikki uh I think I'll continue to call him Arnstein. (laughs) (laughs) So Fanny and Arnstein go out um, to a back alley and have a conversation. Um, They talk about themselves a bit, getting to know each other a bit more um, because this is the first time they've actually had to have a conversation. Um, And... uh, she sings the song People. A lot of these songs from this era like always have like an introductory like mini verse before they get into the actual song. Mm-hmm. That's like that's the end of the song. <laughs> <laughs> this is I find it. Fair enough. I was just um I was on the Wikipedia and uh, it was a quote by one of the composers that was saying that they, he was unhappy with the arrangements in the movie because they, they, they took out some of the songs and um, put in some new songs. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what the original arrangements were like because you know I've never seen the show yeah. but. but um, he said they wanted pop arrangements, which I'm guessing the original arrangements weren't. But the, the, that's that's the thing that bothers me, mm. is if you agree to make a film of something, 
and the thing that you're making a film for has already seen success and that is why you're making the film why would you change things about it I think like what was the point of you getting it in the first place if you liked the things about it that made you get it in the first place why would you then change it and potentially mess it up I think what they do what they probably did was like want to make it more accessible to like the people to like the general public because a lot more people would be watching the movie than would have had access to like Broadway tickets or whatever and it's like a sort of dumbing it down if you know what I mean like making it more pop would make it more accessible <laughs> I don't know does that make sense I yeah it does but I'm just like I don't know I just find the the practice of it like suspect is all yeah no absolutely like do what Disney does have it do be the thing and then have one of the songs be a pop song at the end of the soundtrack but you know this was before <laughs> that um, yeah but the song this is, is like, true people or something like that I don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's basically sort of the start of them having a kind of relationship but not really because he's going off he's, he's constantly going off to different states maybe different countries he said he was going so many places in this movie I, I did not actually keep track of where he went next Baltimore he went to Baltimore because that was the next time skip uh, I just remembered because he yes so the next time um, we see him is after the train pulls in to Baltimore um, there are pictures being taken of the girls the show is on tour now um, the girls are having their pictures taken as soon as they get off the train. Fanny, who is a new star, uh, I think it's been a year, uh, she says. But Fanny is the new star of the show, uh, and she is leaving the trains, the platform, and who else is there but Nick Arnstein talking to someone, um, who she does not know yet and they have a, a brief conversation where she's she's a little frosty she's just a little like it's it's been a year since I saw you last kind of a thing yeah. um, after we had this like really intense emotional setup for a relationship and we kissed and then you just vanished um, and Nick is uh, the first ghost nonchalant thing no, aloof. probably isn't the first time and the first ghost <laughs> oh god rude he he says that he's he was waiting on the train and she's like oh on my train you know kind of a thing but it's like no i'm actually waiting on a girl uh 
from where you and I'm just like dude my guy but it turns out he's waiting on a horse now like, you could have said yeah no, something different you he's like you know <sighs> he's playing a game so annoying um <laughs> they agree to go out Fanny and Nick or rather he says and he like proposes at dinner or whatever and she's like yeah. I, I still have things to do or whatever and he's like well I'll be waiting and she's like that's people wait all the time it's not illegal or something like that I only say that because she's very <laughs> proud of that line when she gets back to the room she's like and I didn't say too much I didn't say too little I like just said people wait all the time it's not illegal and, and she's like very proud of it and I love it <laughs> but they do end up having dinner in the hotel I think yeah, it's like a private something. Yes. <laughs> With the chaise lounge. Yes, that is. <laughs> Which I love. She she gets it. She's like, it's a bed in the dining room. Yep. <laughs> it's a bed in the dining room. I'm just like, no. No, you're all, that's not. Um, but Nick takes care of the order for food. Um, he does it in French because he's bougie like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is he French? And he has an accent. I, is he meant to be French? I don't know if he... I don't know if he is French. Let me see. Sharif, who spoke Arabic, English, French, Spanish, Greek, and Italian fluently, was often cast as a foreigner of some sort. But that's Sharif, but it says that Nick Arnstein was actually, his mother was Dutch and his father was a German Jew. Well, anyway, he does order in French. (laughs) He orders in French and she's like, you can see on her face, she's just like, what am I even doing here kind of a thing. And she, when he turns his attention back to her, she says, uh, I would have just ordered roast beef and potatoes. And he's like, I did. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess I guess he does kind of know what she likes. I mean, he's not all terrible right now, sure. I guess. He gets a song, kind of. They both sing. But he he takes point in the song where... It's you are woman, I am man. Where they're like doing a little dance around, uh, where he's just like, "Let me kiss you," and she's like, "Oh my god, what am I? Uh, who, this is a lot for me." Um, uh, Sorry, <laughs> what the was moment just came line? into my head. The um, moments in the wood, not moments in the wood. Is it moments in the wood? Oh god. Can I, uh, shall I kiss you? I, I, that bit. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you meant. <laughs> you are woman, I am man. Let's kiss. That bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they end up, like, sleeping together then. I think they do. But I think they... Because she, there's a line she <laughs> says later. Um, and, like, it just it's implied sex, you know? she had a call with her mother this time and I think I don't know how much time had passed but her mother was saying she'd been very giggly on the phone like 
asking how you are she did not get a barrel of laughter which is true um like she, when she was doing the show at home she would she would never go out but now she's running up and down town um shopping going out doing all these things and it's probably because of gambling man um So when we cut back to Fanny and Nick, they're having lobster, and she, I say they, she's having lobster, <laughs> several of them, um, but they're talking about how he's going to uh, do this for her and that for her, and she's been so uh, happy seeing Baltimore because she's never seen it in this way and did not know it was the most beautiful city in the world it's like sure girl and he basically yeah I mean yes of course but eventually he lets her know that he is planning to go to Europe um but not because there's anything in Europe because he needs to gamble on the boat in between there and Europe because he lost his horse and his shirt. Um, but not the ruffly one. Ruffled shirt. No. He comes across in the movie as sort of like debonair. But I'm just like, it's it's just very good at hiding the fact that he might have a problem. Yeah. Like, like a significant problem with gambling. Like, he, that's, he said earlier... That that was his job. In in the conversation. Yeah. It was his job, but it's also just how he lives. Yeah. Um and that's a lot to like have gambling be your your life is really like I can understand having fun with it, but it's it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um still, uh Fanny is understandably upset at the fact that he's going to be leaving uh, so suddenly while her tour is continuing to go on so the, the next day she is upset in the train station uh, with the rest of the Follies girls with her she gets a delivery of flowers from Arnstein uh basically saying that he loves her and it makes up her mind instantly that she has to go and be with him on this boat like fuck the fuck, yeah, forget, like, the, fuck everybody else fuck everybody else's boat. it's it's her show it's her show so she can do whatever the fuck she wants uh, another moment where i was like girl girl you couldn't wait until later like i don't know I mean, I guess not. But cause... the show was ending in two weeks. No, the show was ending in two weeks is a thing. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, girl, it doesn't have to be that, <laughs> that serious. You could have just ran out the ending. But she's like, no, in the pursuit of love, we must give up all other things. And she calls. <laughs> Immediately. She, she, she calls Ziegfeld and is like, she's so she's so like I don't yeah 
I don't know if I like her half the time. (laughs) I appreciate that. As I was about to say, like, I appreciate that, like, you know, she's not, like, this perfect person. Like, I, you know, find her endearing at some parts, really funny in some. She's very talented, obviously. But, like, there are times where she makes decisions that are, like, you know, unfair to other people. And it's, like... It's not just you that's being affected by this, but sure. And and I appreciate that I don't love her all the time, I guess. I think I'm just coming to that realization, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess it does make her a bit, like, more of a realistic person to show that she can be abrasive. Like, she's very funny, but she can be abrasive. Um she doesn't listen to other people sometimes because you know i guess she's developed a, a hard armor coat mm-hmm. to protect herself from what whatever anyone might say um about you her even if it might be good advice straight I, away yeah yeah and she's like but don't freak out you're going to get an ulcer and he's like yeah you gave me that ulcer and she's like anyway bye and hangs <laughs> up on him well no he hangs up on her is the thing because she she tries to just keep explaining that you know it doesn't have to the show is ending in two weeks and you can and he just doesn't want to deal with her he just hangs up and i'm like respect i respect you for that um and everyone's like what did he say it's like he hung up so the the director i guess um is trying to call him back meanwhile she's got her assistant to pick two bags for her um that she's gonna she's gonna take with her and she's booking a train ticket and she's running and all of the girls are clamoring behind her like don't do this don't do this for a man like it's not gonna be worth it and she's like don't Don't tell me (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh yes um but yeah you know the song <laughs> yeah you do you must do if you're here but like yeah again fully did not realize this this was the context <laughs> i i i legitimately just like wow anyway uh i guess it's i guess it's interesting how the contents of the song can be interpreted away from its subject matter just based on like musicality and composition and things like that mm-hmm. I don't know it, just, it sounds so like bombastic big band like she's trying to get herself on a stage but yeah. I guess it's the stage of love I don't know it's some something but <laughs> Again, I thought this was a director. This was a director or something that she's singing out. Yeah. We go right from Don't Rain on My Parade into the intermission, which you can skip past because this is a movie online. So, re entering, we fade into the ship, uh, Berengaria. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. They had a picture of it um, in their house later. 
I guess because it was important because um, uh, she is on the ship she bursts into Arnstein's room he takes her into his arms and begins kissing her all over her face and the uh, <laughs> steward or something I don't know the something yeah it was like yeah. visibly yeah, uncomfortable <laughs> he's like should be here for this <laughs> can we finish what we gotta do so I can head out <laughs> and I'm like same oh <laughs> uh, but um yeah he seems excited to see her which initially I was concerned about because she just decided to run off and see him um but he he's delighted to have her there within he takes her out um to to the dinner he was going to um displaying her to the the, the people that he knows um and she's she's kind of famous in her own right yeah cuz she's the star of 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 um a of a Ziegfeld show yeah. so she's she's pretty well known um he takes her with him to a poker game because they I, I love how initially when she gets on the ship she's like oh, I'll, I'll never tie you down but then he brings up the prospect of marriage and he's like let's get married right now today like I don't know why you're wasting the time sitting here <laughs> <laughs> and he's like I but need to he make says, money I need to like be comfortable yeah. financially before I commit to this and she's like okay then go off to your game go play win some money let's get married I want to be a Sadie um and then she like invites herself to the poker game kind of and he's like can you bluff can you like not react and she's like come on I can do that the second time where she's like yeah for sure I can do that and then just like ah but then I'm like immediately cut to her (laughs) reacting (laughs) but then I'm like I mean based on her reactions Right, the guy, the I don't know whoever he is, he's like the last one holding out or whatever. Like, believes that he had believes that um, Mr. Arnstein has um, a bad hand because she's like reacting in a way that would indicate that because she looks worried or something, but he doesn't. So I'm like, was she just acting? Well, no, she was reacting that way the whole time, um, but then she went completely straight-faced, and I think it was because she stopped reacting, acting okay. like she had been that entire time. Right. He was like, oh, clearly she's trying to hide something because she's a terrible... Not realizing <laughs> this woman's been on stage for years now. She's probably an alright actor. Yeah. <laughs> she probably did that on purpose. Yeah. To lull you into a false sense of security, if and so, she's a genius. Uh- <laughs> yeah, because that's what... Because initially... Because, like, obviously when they immediately sh- immediately show her, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> she should not have come. Mm-hmm. But then, like, because of her reacting and non-reacting or whatever, they do. And I'm like, wait. Wait, did she swindle them? <laughs> I think so. I think, I think so. Um, but yeah, later on, 
uh, Nick reveals like how much he's won. Like I don't know what those squares actually represent. Sure. I know they are some form of money, but <laughs> I don't know what they. I don't know if it's like if it's actually because she she gave one of the bellhops, not bellhop, one of the delivery men. Um, like five dollars before, and it looks like an, a normal sized piece of money. So I don't know what those <laughs> rectangle pieces of paper represent yeah. in the gambling world. But he had a lot of them. Like he made it rain. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, based on that, they got married. Yeah, he's like he calls her and... Sadie, and she's like, ah. Which, by the way, like Sadie, um. What, when she explains it earlier is I think the name of the daughter of one of her mom's friends who is married and so she's like I want to be a Sadie like I want to be like her and be a married lady and so that's what that is yes there's a there's a whole song dedicated to it <laughs> yeah is that where that happens but uh, yeah, it's it's like right after he makes it rain, they cut to a scene of her like showing the ring in light. Uh, I guess a huge, it's a huge stone. Married lady, and I don't know the rest of the song, but I know that line. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that's um, that is what she writes home to her mother about. I think, I don't know if she wrote home. Also, I would feel a way, I think, but maybe, maybe she doesn't. Just like if I had a child that just went off and essentially eloped and then like sent me a postcard after the fact yeah. that you got married on a boat. I mean, I'd also I feel a way. I'd be like, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> Did I was I not a good mother? I don't know. Also, I love her <laughs> accent this whole I like I love it. I mean, it, I think it's just a New York accent. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, like But like the Yeah. No, you're go saying. Ahead. Oh. <laughs> Well, I was saying the the Sadie Married Lady song actually carries over the span of like a year at least because we get to see them um, buy a mansion, get a house, a mansion. Um, she gets pregnant, which um, reuses the line from his love makes me beautiful. Um, a stunning reflection of my love's affection. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's it exactly, mm-hmm. but like when she faked being pregnant, but now she says it and she's actually pregnant. I was like, "Oh, I see you. <laughs> I see it, what nice you've touch. done. I see it." Um. But yeah, and then she has a little, a little baby daughter. Um by the time the song is over which is sweet um but also he <laughs> Arnstein like 
this kiss kisses a baby like you would kiss a cat like i don't understand that bit um it's like it's cute baby cute baby and it's like i'm like are you calling it it is a bit it, it can't come to you you know but anyway he he's he's always back and he's always back and forth as he normally is and i think once he comes home one time and he reveals that he's lost the house like she just reads in his face and she says something along the lines of uh you know how hard a trek it was for me going from the house to the theater every day um and they agreed to start looking for an apartment in the city and i'm like he lost the house and you just accept it yeah but what she does that and i think i mean this is probably me reading too much into it probably i feel because i feel like it might be like a self-esteem thing this is like the one man that's like showed outright affection to her her whole life like has been like has like actually chased her and you know made her feel special and so like Mm -hmm maybe she does a lot of excusing of his behavior because she might not she might not feel like she will get that again yeah kind of thing so i mean again like i'm saying i'm probably reading too much into this and also this is based on a real person's life so yeah you know her reasons might be well i mean different you're probably not reading too much into it because they place things a certain way for you to potentially infer things from it. So if if that is a thing that you interpret from that scene, then it's probably a valid interpretation. Sure. Um, but yeah, because like she does, it, it happens like two or three more times where she's like still like where, you know, if a person of not how your self-esteem per se but like a person who is a little bit more sure of themselves would be like dude like what are you doing like yeah be reasonable like you know with her back at the follies um nick would be expected to come to her shows uh he goes off to see one of his previous friends uh what is his name branca and he is the owner of an establishment that is made for gambling mm-hmm. so they have a little conversation branca is sorry that um nick lost some oil oil fields i don't know but apparently he's he's a little miffed that the news travels so quickly now and Branca is like well the spotlight on your wife has a spotlight on you as well and I think that's where um, Nick begins to feel like a bit uncomfortable with the idea that even though they are married but Mm -hmm. that their existences are so intrinsically twined together like he can't have a thing for him without it being like a part of her 
right. stuff. Yeah. Um, which again, fool, fool man pride things. Yeah. But like you know, from this like <laughs> from this part of the movie onwards, his actions are just so like annoying and it's like stop trying to like i mean i guess i get it because it's like 1920s or whatever the fuck but like ah, stop trying to be like this (laughs) macho whatever man like let things happen as they are and like just accept that sometimes your wife is just a more successful person and that isn't a necessarily a a bad reflection on you as a person it's just that they're more successful but you know 19 whatevers (laughs) so yeah I suppose um so he goes off he as in Nick goes off to have a game in the back room against Branca's advice to maybe not do it and kind of sit sit this one out uh meanwhile fanny is at her show panicking because nick is not there and he was supposed to be what if he got into an accident you know reasonable wife things when your husband says they're gonna be somewhere and then they're suddenly not mm-hmm. um and i think it was the opening of that show as well so it was the it was the premiere so he would know that it's terribly important for her to have him there um but he's on a streak but he's he's on a streak that goes absolutely nowhere because <laughs> uh, he seems to have truly lost his poker face like he was sweating in there and it was showing on his on his on his face um and it was clear that the other guy was either very good at bluffing or very good at distracting you um which is unfortunate because he just put his cards under and shuffled them into the bunch afterwards, clearly indicating that he didn't have anything. Because if you had something, you would just show it because you're proud of your hand. We have the Swan performance, which I don't know. It's like a parody of Swan Lake kind of a thing. Yeah. That is happening. That is very what confusing. she's doing. Because like... <laughs> I was like, I I was very confused as to what was happening up until she appeared. Because for all intents and purposes, Swan Lake, right? It's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And these people are dancing and they're in tutus and everything. And you're like, okay, we're at a theater. Maybe I don't, what is she? Huh? She's in Swan Lake? She's doing a ballet, but then no, she <laughs> starts singing like um, <laughs> like a comedy song or whatever, and then you're like, oh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> On the phone, Nikki had told Emma, who was Fanny's assistant, that she that he was going to be there in the second half. I don't think he ever appeared. No, I he don't got think so. home. He got home and they had an argument. They have an argument um, about, and honestly, on Fanny's side, because his his argument is literally nothing. Mm. But it, it's it's Fanny talking about how it's very difficult for her. It would be difficult for anybody on their opening night to make jokes if 
their source of support isn't there um, and they're worried about them and he's like uh, I was on a streak I didn't want to uh, basically his argument is about him yeah and it's it's not worthwhile to go into um and he's like oh no did you but... perform badly and she's like no i'm a fucking professional i did well but like <laughs> it's not that i was happy yeah it's it's the first like proper hint of a potential breakdown happening in their relationship as it goes on like before things seemed not perfect but like fairly peachy but this is where things start to disintegrate mm-hmm. um very slowly mostly because of the fool man Arnstein um so he goes to I think collect money uh betting on horses um oh apologies Fanny's mother comes over and they have a conversation and you can see Fanny try to stop her mother from saying anything bad about uh, about Arnstein but her mother is there to talk about her and her helping him because he <coughs> apparently owes everyone money and the only person that isn't aware of that is Fanny herself. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. And so she kind of wants to know why he wouldn't just tell her, but I'm like, he's a fool man with pride. Of course he didn't tell you. <laughs> so she concocts a plan. Um, well, several plans, actually. Um, <clears throat> but first, we get the information that there is a bond deal that is going on. Uh, that someone I forget his name is attempting to get uh, Arnstein uh, roped into for him to be like a front man a smooth talker for the deal itself and he declines as he should I'm guessing he sensed there was something up with it and the the one who's trying to get him into the deal says something about Fanny being his meal ticket, Arnstein's meal ticket, and that gets him up in arms to the point where he grabs the man, doesn't do anything, manages to calm down before anything significant happens, and he walks away. When he gets home, Arnstein has money to pay the maid and thing that's around the house, but it's revealed that Fanny already paid for them and three months in advance. Yep. So she's on top of it. Uh, and Mr. Bronca like, is there Ooh. too. Like immediately he's uh-huh. like you see that he's like, oh, okay, my pride has been wounded. And he has this thing about he has this thing about being the breadwinner and I just remembered that he said it when they were on the boat. So I'm guessing he, like, no matter what, despite the fact that his wife is making more money than him, is determined to be the one making money. I don't know. I don't know. But Bronca comes over um, to have a conversation with with Arnstein 
Franny appears, Franny appears, and initially um, doesn't seem to want to listen in on the conversation, but is invited in to listen by uh, Arnstein and uh, Branca as well. And the reason that Branca has come over is to offer Arnstein a job running one of his establishments that he plans to open um, and to become a partner. So he would be a partner, he'd get a cut of the earnings, and he'd be the one running the the gambling establishment. And initially he seems, you know, very flattered, very pleased. Um, it's something that he's very interested in doing, it seems. So Bronco's like, great, it's settled. And he's like, wait, 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 no. <laughs> because Arnstein knows that partners have to put in money. So he's wondering, well, you and your other partners, how much did you have to put in? Because he knows that he probably doesn't have that amount. And Bronco's trying to push it away, like not address it at the moment, saying yeah. it's not really important. He says like, oh, we'll be making all the money anyway so it doesn't really matter if you put in an initial investment type of thing just trying to make him be like no 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 but you'll be you'll basically be the one bringing in the money um yeah and so you're more of an asset than anything so like don't worry about putting in money right now and he goes i see what's happening here i mean he doesn't say it but like (laughs) he registers what's going on and he asks fanny Mm -hmm how much she put in and it's the same amount as uh, the unspoken partners um, are putting in and uh, yeah it's unfortunate this this scene is why I specifically call him fool man <laughs> for, for the because, because it's so unnecessary if he could just accept into himself that his wife makes more money than him and is actively trying to help him find something worthwhile that like he could make a decent living yeah like not even if it had to be like a but like he could continue to live comfortably and be in an establishment that he enjoys being a part of a world that he likes being in and like it's it it would make sense for me, but his fool man pride, yeah, and desire to have control over the situation makes him reject the offer, and he just he doesn't even argue with with Franny is the thing because he recognizes that she did what she did out of love, but it's just I guess. He doesn't want people going around behind his back and doing things, which, yeah, sure, fine. But it's not like they went behind your back to, like, betray you or to trick you into something terrible. They were trying to do a nice thing for you. Yeah. And, I mean, I, to an extent, like, understand that he feels that, like, embarrassed that... Fanny went through all of this, like, and, like, did it behind his back because yeah. because he knows that she knows that 
things aren't doing going too well or whatever and like it's just sort of like that kind of like he's embarrassed that it's come to this but at the same time it's like he would have not received it well had she been outright out like upfront about it either like either way the same reaction would have happened yeah i think he probably just preferred it when she was unaware because knowing the kind of person that she is she would be the way she is right yeah so she goes off to do her show um that she had that night and he goes and calls up the shady bond deal guy so she does the show and at the end you see that uh Ziegfeld and Eddie are in her dressing room looking very somber and still and she's like what's going on and Eddie's like it's it's Nick and I'm like did he die and then she asked did he die is he hurt and I'm like Jesus you would think so yeah but um no he's he's uh gotten arrested because the bond deal was a phony and he uh he's uh in jail I think at the time which is different to prison um he doesn't want to see anyone and they're just breaking the news to her and she's she just wants to leave she wants to get out of there and uh Ziegfeld is like come to my office go through the front door there's reporters like hound dogs at the back door and she just goes out because there's according to her there's nothing to hide because she didn't do anything she knows that well she knows that uh Nick didn't do anything wrong so this is where she we get to see her the like, reporters. quit again where they're yeah. like asking her all these questions and she's just like firing back these one-liners and you're like yes Fanny I mean like obviously not a great time to like in your life right now however yes I love mm-hmm. how funny you are also I think that's a way that she's learned to deal with like potentially devastating things that happen to her yeah is just to be like on the ball because you you've got to not let them hurt you Mm. so if you if you can control the situation if you can make them laugh then whatever they might say can't hurt you until they get to the question asking if she still loves him and that just kind of she has to leave because she can't i think she can't think of something yeah yeah so she just she just walks off um, after confirming that it's Mrs. Arnstein. So it's court day. And Mr. Arnstein has one of the best criminal journeys. Uh, but that makes it's for nothing because the attorney asks for a postponement of the case due to him having been in jail and not understanding um, the depth of the charges because he'd only managed to meet with his client once 
and his client Arnstein stands up and is like, "We don't need to postpone. I plead guilty." I'm like, yeah, "But dude, <laughs> he's like, I you didn't even have did to come thing. to court to do that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you know how he didn't could have just avoid anyway. And Fanny is shocked, so they meet in a little like um, antechamber. Uh, office side I'm guessing before he gets processed uh, to go to prison because he's gonna go for 18 months um, well two years at best 18 months at least she's just like why would you do that and he's like because I knew what I was doing and I'm like you it, why <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't get it I absolutely do not get it he was willing to maybe he just needed some risk in his life he was looking for a little danger but it's so I mean I think at this point um that the way they're writing him is to be like (laughs) don't want to say a better person than his real life counterpart because you know what I read is from Wikipedia which is a free site that anyone can edit at any point but mm-hmm. um, apparently he was like in real life he wasn't as prideful first of all like he was like willing to he was mooching off of Fanny apparently mm-hmm. <laughs> all of this is alleged and um, when he was caught or whatever he like went into hiding and didn't like come out and say like yeah, I did the thing. I'm sorry. Whatever. So I think in the like, at this point, they're maybe trying to like redeem him a little bit by being like he takes full responsibility. He recognizes that he was wrong, and so, so for like by the end when there's like that bittersweet moment, it is a little bit bittersweet because it is like oh maybe he was gonna be a better person after this kind of thing. Yeah. That is, I'm assuming that's what they did as writers to like, so that the ending wasn't all bad. I don't know. <laughs> he kind of announces that he wants to be separated from her, that he wants he wants her to divorce him. And she's like, all of this is happening really fast for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I found out in a, in in a few days that my husband is an embezzler um, of funds and has pled guilty to the charge and is now going to prison for 18 months at least and now he wants a divorce. She's just like, can we table this for now and then in 18 months, if you still feel the same, it'll be fine and I won't fight you, but can we not do this right now? I think this is where funny girl happens. Yeah, I think it's like the last thing he says to her. Like he calls her funny. And she's like, "Funny. Uh, did you hear that? He said, "Honey, uh, you're a funny girl." Again, none of this is like in the right key and 90% of those notes were incorrect. <laughs> but you know, the gist is had that now song transitions us back to the present which is her in the theater sitting 
having had this very long flashback. (laughs) I feel like it was in real time, is the thing. Because when she gets back into the into the dressing room she's like did you spend her assistant's like did you spend all that time sitting in that theater and I'm like did she (laughs) did she spend two hours just sitting there by herself as they (laughs) set up the stage for me because I would be concerned (laughs) but it is the day that um, that Arnstein is getting out he hasn't, um, they haven't spoken yet or anything. Um, he knows that the show is on tonight. And this is where they're going to have the, the conversation. Zickfeld is there for a second. Um, <laughs> which he, in the beginning, the assistant was like, Zigfeld wants to talk to you whenever you're ready. And she never goes to see him. He has to come to her. Because <laughs> I, I guess that's just what it is. He... Is like sympathetic towards her, like he gives her a kiss on the head. So their relationship is like fairly improved mm-hmm. from where it had been before. I mean, I'm guessing I mean, he's, he's worked she's together made for him so a lot of money. <laughs> yes. So Arnstein appears, as he always does, by her dressing room, and. They, they kind of do a short like reintroduction thing where like uh, you must be that girl from Harley Street uh, and you must be that what did she say? I don't know what she said about him I don't remember he, he doesn't really say that much he was talking about uh, based on what they said the last time to each other uh, and she's like, well, I haven't thought about it. And he seems confused. But she means that she hasn't, like, put the effort into making a decision about it. Like, she's done all all of the things that you would do around it. So you'd cry and you'd be angry and all of that stuff. But you hadn't really come to a decision. And her decision that she made at that point was that they would be better off separate and he smiles at that because I guess um, it's kind of what he wanted for them to be separate people because he wanted to be his own person that was his whole thing Mm. like and I don't know if it was because of just him wanting to be on his like have his own light and his own yeah, or if it was because the things that he was doing potentially could throw a bad light onto her and whatever she's up to. Because, um, I mean, we saw the immediate effects of that yeah. in him getting arrested and her getting hounded by paparazzi. So, it's it, I don't know if it was just for him or for the both of them but they decide to separate it's uh, sad because then she goes on to sing the song My Man immediately after yeah and it's like that would have been the greatest time to have this conversation yeah um, but yeah as she's like singing it in the beginning she's like barely singing it because she's like crying like you can hear I don't know. It sounds 
um, okay, what it at least sounded like to me, right, is that the first part where she's crying, that was on screen, right? So, like, the audio that they use is that audio. And then the yeah. rest of it was recorded because there is such a difference in quality of the sound from when <laughs> she's like, my man, and... Da, 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 da. And then, out of nowhere, she's like, da, da, da. and you're like, okay. <laughs> oh man, I love him so. I don't actually know, but you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, then the film is over. Let's get into the ratings. Uh, for music and choreography, there is some choreography. It's confined to it being on stage. So you only get to see like bits of the performances that they're doing on stage, but uh, some of it is fairly good, um, like presentation-wise. Like you, you would believe that you're watching a show mm. through <laughs> through through the lens of a camera, and I like the majority of the music. Yeah, I really don't have many bad things to say. I just it's 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 fine. It's a good movie. I mean, like apart from the the iconic the iconicness of of some of the songs as they have traversed through time. Yeah. Um I would give it a 4. Yeah, 4 out of 5 roller skates. Cool. Um, yeah, I like the music. It's a fun time. Um, I mean, like, I don't know. Every song she sings, I'm just like, yes, give me more. Yeah, I would give four, four roller skates, too. So, the story, I appreciated the story a whole lot. I think because it was biographical, we got to see a bit more, um, of, like, a person who is not like just a teenager or someone who's just an adult we got to see her um, transitioning through life uh, improving in some areas and not in others um, and making mistakes and like romance was a part of it but it wasn't like the main thing of it like the story was about her and her successes and um, her successes and her failures well not really her failures didn't really show her failing in this movie like she didn't seem that was a thing that <laughs> that Nick brought up was that she doesn't seem to lose so yeah um, but just like it, it was just it was just about her being a person sometimes and I I appreciated that a whole lot. I wasn't bored watching the movie. I, I was genuinely... I think it's also because I didn't know about Fanny Bryce. Right. So I was just genuinely interested to see her life unfold. Um, whatever bit of it I got to see. But yeah, I did like it. And I will give it... Four out of five blue marble eggs. Yeah, it was decent. I 
like yeah it's a biographical um story we've walked these waters before that's not a thing that people say but you know we've been here um i mean jesus might say it i don't know (laughs) sure um but yeah i i it was enjoyable um yeah i don't really have much to say all of most of everything that i have to say i've said during the synopsis bit um so i give it i think maybe 3.75 marble eggs i so this movie is not going to it's not like a mamma mia type musical where you're gonna be jumping for joy like it's not so deeply funny that you're gonna be like laughing rolling on the floor it's not gonna be anything like that it's just it's it's fun and some of it is cute and some of it is not uh i still though i still enjoy if you i'm trying to i'm trying to place it it's not like it's a documentary but it it has a similar kind of feeling to I don't know. I'll probably be doing an injustice to it if I try to describe it in a way that is not um, wholly accurate. It just, it felt a bit more going towards realism, like as realistic as a musical can be. Sure, yeah. But it lent itself a bit more towards realism in situations and fleshing out some of the main characters i say some of the there's two and it is arnstein and and franny um fleshing out who they are as people um and i appreciated that so for overall enjoyment i will give it four out of five yellow roses nice um yeah i really enjoyed Fanny except for the moments when I really didn't but for the most part I really enjoyed her um like dialogue and her like her performing and stuff um and because it's a story about her like mainly about her that was super important like if I didn't like her the whole way through, that would have been a problem. And I would have been like, I hated this movie. Throw it in the garbage. But I didn't hate it. Um, in fact, I liked it. And so I feel like I will give it four yellow roses. Because, yeah, like you said, it's not like a a romp. <laughs> but it is mm-hmm. a good watch. Like, I, in some point in the future might watch it again kind of a good watch on this podcast we're obsessed and song (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah uh so casting news for um dear evan hansen has been coming in like 
succession like every day there's like a new person who they're like and this person is going to be in the movie and this person's going to be in the movie um and i like i've never seen the show um nor have i viewed a bootleg <laughs> so i don't actually know what the show is like right so i've only heard the soundtrack like what the soundtrack the cast recording like once and i know three or four songs from the show and so that is all the dear evan hansen knowledge i have outside of as everyone who's listened to this podcast will know my obsession with ben platt um (laughs) but (laughs) and so like i guess it's a great like he's reprising his role um apparently um for the movie which is like cool i guess why i know right i'm like it's cool i I guess but like at the same time like sweetie we're 27 full adult man (laughs) yeah he's a full man yeah he's not a teenager yeah so like that's like the one thing where i'm like oh not sure like i obviously love the idea of like if this movie's like good enough like to be you know um an oscar thing maybe he'll get an egot like that's cool but at the same time i'm like you know merrily we roll along is coming in 20 years um maybe i'll get an oscar for that but you know whatever anyway so yeah that's the thing he's been cat he's reprising his role amy adams is playing one of the moms i think julia moore is playing ben platt's character's mom so evan hansen's mom um amanda stenberg is going to be playing somebody not zoe so there's another name i i, I wish i i, I really don't know dear evan hansen that well but amanda stenberg is going to be in it um uh, that guy from that show with um, the Sarah Borelli show, I think. You know, the one um, that just came out on Apple TV or whatever. I think one of the leading actors, <laughs> this is like me reaching, um, is in it. And I think he's playing a significant role. Um, Colton something. Okay. <laughs> Um, this is really bad. I don't like. I don't want to use my phone right now because it, <laughs> it'll make noises and stuff. So um, I apologize to any uh, dear Evan Hansen stands that are like you're disrespecting everything. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but my point was that Ben Platt's going to be reprising his role. So, um, and then a new Kenny Ortega produced netflix series is happening some julie and the phantoms or julia and the phantoms it's like this teenage girl who finds three ghost boys and they make a band (laughs) and like people can see the ghosts when they're all performing or something but like when they aren't heard you can't when you can't hear them you can't see them or something like that and like yeah so 
you know. I love it. <laughs> it's a thing that's... I don't even understand this concept, and I love it. I'm just like, <laughs> ghost band. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's coming out um, in the next two weeks, I believe. And finally, um, there is a new Barbie musical movie <laughs> um, that came out on the 1st called Barbie Princess Adventure. And if you watch the trailer, you will notice that they're doing a thing that they've done before where <laughs> they have a princess that looks like Barbie and then a non-princess person that looks like Barbie and um, they swap lives. Like that's literally in the trailer so I'm not spoiling anything. Um, and I watched it and it's a fun time. Um, <laughs> so much so that there is a song called King of the Kingdom that I think is just a straight ass bop. <laughs> it's so good. It's just such a fun time. Um, there's choreography. I don't know. I really appreciated it. There's like a lot of choreography in this movie and it's very cute. Um, so much so like that I'm we're probably going to cover it but I'm also maybe I'm saying this tentatively going to make a YouTube video about it um, <laughs> because I just needed to um, so yeah Barbie Princess Adventure get into it um, if you want I don't know <laughs> but that kind of brings me to the end of the obsessions slash news segments i guess <laughs> thank you for listening uh you can follow us on twitter and instagram at tmmtmm podcast you can follow us on tumblr at tell me more tell me more podcast.tumblr.com you can email us about anything musical theater related theater related musical related etc um at tell me more tell me more podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on spotify and like the playlists that we have because we have a playlist or three that have all our favorite songs from each of the episodes um so if you look for tmm tmm podcast you'll find our three play playlists 2018 faves 2019 faves 2020 faves um get into it it's a fun time and um yeah we also have a patreon where we have some extra episodes um that you can access with any amount of money that you're willing to give they also have like um changed the thing where you can give in whatever currency you want which is kind of cool um uh that is <laughs> tell me more tell me more podcast i guess on patreon or tmm tmm podcast i should really check what that is so i can give you like a straight up url um but yeah that is it i think right do i say other things mm -hmm. nope okay cool um <laughs> <laughs> so for 
Tell me more, tell me more. I have been Leah. And I've been your host, Adicia. <laughs> and we'll catch you in the next one. Goodbye! Goodbye.